Welcome to the Modern Carnivore Podcast, a guide for those interested in hearing more about hunting, fishing, and other paths to eating more responsibly. Now, here's your host, Mark Norquist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the Modern Carnivore Podcast. My name is Mark Norquist, and today I am joined by Mr. Todd Waldron. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well. We are uh, we're in the height of hunting season here, and last time we talked on on the uh, part one of this of this uh, podcast episode, uh, it was cold and snowy, and it's just the opposite now here in early November. It's like seventy degrees today out. It seems like summertime, and it's uh, November. So big swings. I think the weather came this way because we had maybe three or four inches of snow yesterday. <laughs> so we definitely, uh, it's cold here, but it's supposed to warm up uh, later this week. So we're going to be right there with you here in a couple of days. So this is part two of the Grouse Camp podcast. And so for anybody who's tuning in, if you didn't listen to part one, you may want to check that out first, or you can easily listen to this one and then go back to that one. Uh, part one, we sat down with, uh, Simon, Gina and Sarah, and then Britton and John, uh, who were all attendees at the Rough Grouse Society Grouse Camp event in Wisconsin that I went to. And today we're going to finish this up with three more conversations that, uh, that'll be a lot of fun, but this is a, a great event that I had gone to, uh, in Northern Wisconsin where Rough Grouse Society brings together, people who are interested in learning about how to do upland hunting, how to grouse hunt, along with experienced hunters, gets them out in the field, wonderful presentations by wildlife biologists, foresters, and others talking about the ecology and, and good, healthy environment for the birds. Uh, and so this is, this is fun to have these, these conversations. And, um, and so why don't we uh, why don't we jump right into it and then uh, Todd you and I will, will chat about it after this first one uh, we sit down with Delos Alex and Luke and they'll talk a little bit about uh, about their hunt that day. Okay, gentlemen, um, thanks for for coming on the podcast here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Let's let's start over here. Uh, Delos Cornhorst. Um... Just got into grouse hunting about four years ago, so dove in and fell in love with it real fast. Awesome, and you brought somebody with you. Yep, got my brother here. He just got his first bird dog last year and moved up here from Texas and got him on his first grouse in Woodcock earlier in early season, and now uh, going out with Luke, uh, he got his first Woodcock yesterday. And it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so you are? I'm Alex Kornhorst. Uh Like Dale said, I just moved up from Texas about three months ago and uh, just started grouse hunting and woodcock hunting this first year. And so it's been an experience, to say the least. Awesome. <laughs> and the last person we got here. Uh, I'm Luke Stotts. I'm from Rhinelander, Wisconsin. I've been grouse hunting forever. Um, I'm a volunteer at the Grouse Camp Tour this year. Awesome. Very cool. So we went out yesterday and uh, and and pushed pushed some woods, pushed quite a bit of woods. Mm -hmm. And I left a little early and uh, missed the uh, missed the excitement. So maybe share share with us, uh, Alex, what, what what happened? So we were just going through the woods, doing this little uh, spot to the right. Luke's like, "Oh, let's just push this little area." So we were pushing it, pushing it, and the next thing I know, Dale's like, "Oh, bird, woodcock, right in front of you." And so we're walking forward, walking forward, and about 20 yards in front of me, all of a sudden one kicks up, and I shot twice, was able to hit it, luckily, and uh, was able to get my first woodcock, and it was just, like, the excitement of it, a woodcock just coming up right in front of you, you're like, oh, God, oh, God. It's like you don't know what to do at the time, you're just, and so I was able to get it, and I was, it's exciting. I'm hooked now, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Sweet. absolutely. So what, what? really drew you guys to uh to to upland honey and i guess dales what you know you said four years ago you're how you're how old i'm 33, 33. so yeah i got a late start yeah yeah um but doesn't mean i can't start absolutely um i got a bird dog and i wasn't going to do it injustice by not hunting birds so if you got a bird dog take it and do what it loves to do and hunt birds so we're both learning together and it's a great experience. I think he's got me passed up on knowledge. 
<laughs> so, and Alex did uh, did he just uh, say, "Hey, you want to come hunting one day or what?" Oh, uh, well, he was just like, "Oh, I got this bird dog. I got this Brittany. It's so it's such a good dog. You know, you gotta get you gotta get female Brittany." I go. Oh, you know, I'll look for him down here, and uh, I got a deal on GSP, and I'm like, I just can't pass this up. And so he kind of got me into it, and then when I decided to move back up north, I'm like, okay, this is going to be perfect. There's going to be so much uh, public land, because down in Texas, it's all private. Yeah. You, you have to know people to get in, and then there's only quail or pheasant, but their populations are way down. So once I got back up here, it's all public land, so I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. And so he kind of got me into it and talked me into it, and it, been a great time so far. Awesome. So, Luke, why uh, why did you decide to uh, to volunteer for this event? Oh man! So last year I was actually an attendee. Um, I saw on Instagram that they had a video uh, competition to see like who could get free tickets. So my um, brother in law, who's a videographer, tagged along on a little put and take quail hunt we did and made a really cool thirty second minute long video, whatever it was. And I sent it in and won, and um, I was able to bring him and my friend Cody. And uh, so we showed up, and we, you know, we've been grouse hunting forever, so it was, you know, kind of a little beginner for us. Yeah. And we decided uh, let's let's head out early and get a head start before everybody else. And we left maybe before the last uh, seminar, and we met a guy Friday night who talked my ear off, Phil. And and uh, he's like, hey, you guys mind if I tag along? So we took him out, and I was able to get Phil his first grouse. I was able to get one, and Cody got one. And then our buddy, my brother-in-law, Adam, he wasn't able to get one, but he had plenty of shots. He just didn't take them, actually. Um, and just to see how excited Phil was, and you guys all met Phil, so you could imagine what he's like when he wow. shoots a bird, first grouse. <laughs> and he was just going nuts. And I'm like, that was awesome. That was too cool. Uh, Phil ended up coming to our grouse camp that we do um in iron river and it was just too awesome that we made a lifelong hunting friend um and i'm like oh i'd love to do that again so i talked to uh dave and got hooked up volunteering i'm not the super experienced grouse hunter but i know the area because i student taught over here um so i was happy to take these guys out and i'm thinking hopefully we have another situation like last year where got these guys hopefully coming to grouse camp uh in iron river and be hunting with them for the rest of our lives, hopefully. Huh. That's great. Well, awesome to, to uh, have some success yesterday, and great to meet you guys. And uh, definitely keep it going. And yeah. uh, make it some lifelong uh, uh, fun and and, uh, and traditions. Yeah, you should come along too. Yeah, absolutely, yes. man. It'd be fun to come over and hunt with you guys. Yeah. So. Oh, no. Hunt? No, you got to bring yeah, the camera. Yeah, I got to bring the camera. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, so, you can't come. You're bad luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's when right. When, when I left, up. exactly. Yep. When I left, that's when the bird came. That's funny. <laughs> Every time that camera turned on, the bird got away. Yep. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Busy taking video of hazel buds and woodcocker <laughs> right. flying over the top of us. Exactly. Gross poop. Yep. Uh, yeah. So moral of the story, don't bring a camera. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So shotgun, much better idea. Well, it's hard enough to make those birds cooperate. Right, so, right, mm-hmm. right. Let alone the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are going to head out here this morning and uh, head over to uh, uh, some haunts that uh, you feel are, are going to hold some birds, yep. right? I'm taking these guys to my local spots where okay. I can... I, I mean, I've promised him woodcock before, but <laughs> this time I can almost guarantee it. But I'm going to knock on wood. Uh, it's funny how all my woodcock hotspots turn into grouse hotspots, and all my grouse hotspots turn into woodcock hotspots. Well, that's the beauty of the age of the forest, though. Yep. You, know, you yeah. never know what's going to pop out. Yep, absolutely. Gets a little more mature, then you get the other birds in there. Yep. It's always exciting when you get to see what you shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have a fun and safe hunt today, you guys. All right. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. So that was fun listening to Delos and his brother Alex and their mentor, Luke. I actually followed these guys along the first part of the day as they joked about in there because after I left, they uh, they, they got into the birds. But uh, I, one of the things listening back to this again that really struck me was how, you know, Alex had moved up recently from Texas. His brother Delos uh, convinced him to to buy a, a a hunting dog, and this is the first time he'd been out upland bird hunting. 
And you can just hear his excitement from the success of this first hunt. And and that's what I love to be part of and to hear is when somebody experiences that for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just, you can just, hearing his story, hearing them talk about that hunt, um, you can just tell, you know, the excitement and just the energy around that of being out there together. Um, it, it was, it's a great conversation. I really liked it too. And I, and I think Alex, um, on this hunt got his first woodcock. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. I got a picture of him. He's actually out on, on the, uh, modern carnivore Instagram account. You could check it out. Uh, there's a picture of him holding the bird and you could just see the pride that he has. Yeah. You know, and it's, and you know, and the other thing that, that struck me was when Luke, uh, their mentor, all these guys are all in their, in their twenties. And Luke, uh, who was, was taking them out to the woods that he's familiar with was very much inviting them to continue to hunt and, and wanted me to come over and is really welcoming, uh, everyone he comes in contact with to, to keep hunting with them and wanting to, as he said, make lifelong connections where, you know, you can, you can find new friends and, and, uh, get out hunting. And I've seen that firsthand with other people over the last few years of where people have come to modern carnivore events, done a hunt together, have stayed connected. And now, one, two, three years later are still going out hunting together. And before that event, they didn't know each other at all. And so I just love seeing these new friendships form and helping each other stay connected to the outdoors and getting out hunting. Yeah. The community aspect is so cool there. And I've experienced similar kinds of dynamics and and building relationships and friendships too with some mentoring programs. And, uh, you know, this year I'm not mentoring in field to fork, but one of the friends that I made last year in that program, who's a second year hunter, him and I are connecting and I think we're going to hunt together. And there's, there's a classic example, right? It goes beyond the program and you're building friendships and community and support. And it's so nice to see especially in the Upland community. Um, but it just happens again and again. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So our next one is a couple mentors who are brothers, Dave and Mike, who've been hunting together for 30 years. They're from Milwaukee and these guys were characters. We had, uh, we had a lot of fun. So let's listen in. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for, uh, joining me here this morning. Uh, could share uh with the audience who you are yep eldest first then the good look at <laughs> <laughs> dave schwabe uh we're from southeast wisconsin waukesha area and mike schwabe um dave's brother uh we've been hunting together for 30 years now um up in the in the woods here um lots of interesting stories that happen throughout 30 years of course life gets in the middle of all that but uh yeah same same what just west of milwaukee area so uh um love to come up every year and uh spend a week or two weeks up in the woods and just getting away from everything and trying to unplug when the world will let you so what uh what brought you to uh grouse camp though like this is a interesting event how did you how did you hear about it and and what's your reason for being here well we uh um i think we joined when when we started hunting in the beginning we didn't know anything about where to go you know for grouse how to um i had some friends that got me interested his dad had a cabin up here and and it's like uh, oh yeah come up in the fall we go i went fishing with him in the summer on dad on a lake and it's like going oh, what are you doing in fall grouse hunt what's grouse you know, it's like, oh, these birds in the woods. It's cool. Let's go. So borrowed a gun, went, didn't know where we were going. Um, we learned sometimes the hard way. Um, well, generally, that's the way you do learn yeah, is and then, the hard uh, way because those are the lessons worth learning. Well, then after a few years of doing this, we're like, you know, we're enjoying this. And, you know, we're <clears> learning about habitat. We're hearing a little bit about habitat. And it's like, um, you know, we should really try to give back a little bit, you know, and, you know, we got to a point in our lives that we could do that. And it's like, uh, what a rough grouse. So, um, Mike got in contact with, a, a guy there and then we joined. Yeah. And, um, so that probably was in the mid nineties that we did that. And, 
ever since. You know, we've been trying to, you know, help people out that don't know about grouse hunting or, you know, it's the habitat. Like yesterday when we, we went out and um, took the new people out and hadn't been out, it was just, it made me think about what, when I'm out there hunting, there's stuff I know all the time, right? It's like, oh, and I know to look there, I know to look there, I know to, oh, oh that's, that's a sweet spot, whatever. It's like, it's like talking about it and showing people that is just like, and that was fun. That was, you know, a lot of fun going, I go, what? I know more than I think I know when it yeah. comes to this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and I was like, I, it, time to impart some of this knowledge to some people that don't know, you know? And, you know, I got um, kids that, I two girls that, a little interested in, but then really weren't. But now I got grandkids, so it's like I can't wait till they get to age and I can start bringing them up and take them in the woods and continue the next generation. It's getting, you know, I, I know less and less people that actually hunt. Hmm. So yeah, um, it's important, I think, to pass on that stuff, you know. And so um, that's why we got that's where we got started in the rough grouse. It's like um, they teach, they help with the habitat. Um, so, um, and that's important, you know, you're not going to have the birds if you don't have the habitat, then people are, you know, if you have less birds, nobody's going to want to go. It's like, oh, why is a lot of work? Well, it is, you know, but it's also, you know, there's nothing like getting up, you know, yesterday, go out the first time and walk in the trail the first time and there's a smell of being in the woods and it's unique up here. It's like, I have woods by, back by me. It doesn't smell like that. I was like, ah, uh, leaf litter, whatever it is. And I get just... I'm almost like the dogs when they're all excited about going out the first time. And then you're always like, come on, that first flush. you got to get that first flush in and see what it sounds like again, you know. It's like new. Every year it's new. It's like, and it's different. So uh, that's exciting. So Yeah. Mike, what draws you to uh, to hunting? Now, you, you started first, right, before before Dave when you were younger. I, I did, as a matter of fact. Um, <clears throat> I had a friend in high school that uh, introduced me to duck hunting. And, um, we, you know, two 18-year-olds, and, and uh, this is back when the drinking age was a little bit younger in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, <clears throat> there was more than one Saturday morning where we would go out in the fall, um, maybe not at our, our peak <laughs> because of Friday nights, um, but we would go out, and uh, th- that's where I started to learn. I was sort of a forerunner in our family when it came to that because nobody else in our family hunted um fishing was a religion growing up um if we if it was saturday morning and it was 7 a.m and we were not on the lake we were late (laughs) um so uh and and dave had that that religion for a very long time and and i started to get into hunting a little bit and i tried to talk him into coming out and he just no i can't do that 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 gets in the way of fishing you you can't no absolutely not and and I kept trying and trying and I, I finally gave up and and then one day he he comes up to me and he says hey we're go- I'm we're going hunting and I'm like wait what we who who what are you talking about going hunting and he says yeah come on come on up but you got you know you got a gun and stuff come on up it's in the middle of fall so I'm <clears throat> not geared for any of it um, and I get up there. Um, not expecting because I not knowing anything about grouse hunting, I'm thinking duck hunting because that's what I knew. So it's cold. There's a couple inches of snow out, so I have the only boots that I have, which are sorrel ice fishing boots, um, and I I have um, a insulated coverall that I'm wearing, and I'm carrying my Savage Stevens pump duck gun with a full choke because that's all it had jc penny um, special yep bought it when i was <laughs> that was that was my mom worked on my dad for two months before i was allowed to buy that so i could go duck hunting yeah, he yeah, did not that. want a gun in the house and uh um so now i'm i'm walking through the woods dressed up i, I imagine if you will i i look like the younger brother from a christmas story <laughs> okay i'm i'm just got so many heavy layers on and i'm trying to walk through the woods with these sorrels on and i got dave's like come on hurry up you're slowing us down and i I got to a point where i was ready to take that gun and beat him like a baby seal um he he was just uh yeah he was 
But uh, then, you know, we, we got into it. And once I kind of figured out, okay, maybe next time I need to get different boots. Uh, um, and, and we went and started going up on the weekends. Um, started that with started out as a two-man tent. Yep. yep. Two we man. would start, hey, let's, let's leave Friday night, get up around midnight, set up the tent, and, and, and then hunt until afternoon on Sunday. And then you get back like 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday night. And then pretty soon it was... Let's get a slightly bigger tent. Well, we had to because that yeah. that one, we got like an eight-inch snowstorm that one night, and it collapsed the two-man tent on us. Yeah, and, and the sleeping bag was soaking. We were like, "Oh, this is we, we got to upgrade a little bit here." And then it was, "Hey, let's let's take Friday off and go up Thursday night." Yeah, and then pretty soon it it turned into you know let's just take a whole week off and come up here and and spend time. And we were lucky enough that our wives understood that you know that that we really enjoyed it and. Uh, and it, it's just sort of turned into something, like you said, we've been doing it ever since for 30 years. And as as we've gotten older and more financially secure, our equipment's gotten better, um, more comfortable. I'm not the same guy that wants to sleep on the tent floor anymore. So there's a camper that's involved now. We just park it in the middle of the Nicolay Forest and set up some solar panels to keep the batteries charged. And we're just, you know, that what we have is what we have. And it's just... Like I said, the the big idea is just to get up here, and to Dave's point, the s- smell is such a strong memory trigger. When, when you're up here, you just think about all the fun times you've had, and <clears throat> like human creatures, you forget about all the bad weather and all the ugly stuff that you lived through. But uh, yeah, it's just a, it's been a wonderful experience, and getting involved in rough grouse was purely because, like Dave said, we you know we've really been enjoying it for. We've been we've been actually hunting actively for over thirty years now, and I think after fifteen years, I started to feel guilty of we we need to try and give back a little bit to this because we enjoy it so much. And we start, I reached out, we got active with the local chapter down in the Milwaukee area, the David E. Line chapter. And um, now that we're getting older and again more financially secure, it's easy for us to give back more than what we were taking out of the society and and. Uh, yeah, this this trip um, last year was the first year that they did the uh, the grouse camp for our new grouse hunters and um, Dave Johnson, who uh, runs the group here um, in in the region. Um, we heard about it from him, and and I made a point of talking to Dave and and reaching out to Dave this time around before it started, and we came up here as volunteers and you know helped set up a little bit and then made sure that we were able to take people out it it was a interesting after being self-taught for 30 years of walking through the woods and um listening to all the seminars that were going on and you're like yep 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 he's right although you know i take a point on that one because while he's mostly correct you also need to think about you know, so it, but it, it was very interesting um, um, listening to all of that because yeah, there's a lot of, I part of what I found interesting and I I think sort of part of what our society is. There were a lot of people yesterday that wanted to focus on the mapping. Oh, you get you know the GPS and you get you know download this map so you know where all the prime territory is, um, and and they wanted to focus on like. You know, oh, I got to be productive. I got to get out. I got to maximize the number of birds that I can knock down. And and, and I was just like, you guys are missing the whole point. Mm-hmm. The whole point that we're here is is not to put numbers up on the board. It's just to get outside and just enjoy yourself. And, Relax. And, yep. Yeah. That's the just about. I, I I couldn't agree more. I think there is. Uh, I think everybody approaches it in a different way. But I heard there was a couple young guys yesterday. You were talking about. Um, how they're at their camp, they set up teams and have little competitions, et cetera. And I just, I, I, well, I think it can take away it, from it, it. Some people it adds. Yeah, it's yeah. not that it's not that we don't do that. We're brothers, right? Yeah. So we're competitive, <laughs> right? Um, he's the like I said, he he's the you know take it easy kind of guy. It's like oh, there's a bird, brings the gun up, nice. It's like oh, aims at the oh yeah, okay, bang. Oh, I got it. What do you know? Me, it's like I bring my gun up, and it's like. He shoots an over. He shoots an over and under. Two shots. That's great for him. I take two shots just to clean the air out in front of my barrel. Then I concentrate on shooting at the bird. So I need a semi-auto. You know. So it's like a, we have different personalities. You know. So. 
by the end of the week, he'll shoot a box and a half of shells, and I'll have shot like eight boxes of shells. Just and, and we we tie or whatever, you know. It's just like mm-hmm. we get the same amount of birds. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. favorite saying of Dave when he's out in the woods: "How could I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> Got to pattern that gun again." <laughs> so, do you guys have a preference, woodcock or grouse? Yes. Um, both. I think they. They're different, right? So, the gr- like I said, for me, I, the grouse, the F-16 of the woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have not, I don't know how they do it. When they go through the woods and fly through at Mach 6, it's like, my God. It's like, and, and you just flew right through that aspen. You can hear them hitting it with their wings, and they're, they're, it doesn't even slow them down. And then a woodcock, you know, it's like, beep, 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 as it flies it up. and it's Helicopters like a different, up into the air. Yeah. It's just a different, and then you still miss it, right? You're like, oh, no, I can shoot the woodcock. It's like, no, it's like, how did I miss that? Well, I just shot a tree. But um, but it's it's diff- they, you know, it's different. You know, you can, um, if you hit them right, like the woodcock, they migrate, right? There's local birds, and then they migrate, and so they can be more birds in a spot, and so they can be more... It, it gives you action, it. right? So you can, so you're not you're like maybe you didn't see a grouse all morning, and all of a sudden you know, you're into some woodcock, and it's like okay, it's still fun. Um, they taste different, but they're still both delicious. So, um, yeah, I would I would say originally when we first stumbled across woodcock, um, we'd been hunting grouse for a couple of years, and uh, we're like, what is this bird? And and originally it was a, but it's not a grouse. But then as we learned a little bit more about it, um, we're like, you know, these are actually, you know, really good and and, and they're, they can be tasty, you know. So, I mean, th- there's not a lot there, but it's still, they're, they're very tasty. And it's, it, that is, um, <clears throat> I think one of the things that's kind of unique is as Dave and I hunt in the fall, we say we do grouse, our grouse camp. Um, and then later on in the fall, we fall back to um, hunting pheasant, and we save everything. And come Easter, that's when we have all of the birds that we've harvested through the fall. Is our Easter dinner for our family, his family, and mine, yeah. his his children, and our grandchildren, and their spouses, and my kids, and their significant so, others. Um, we, that's what we have. We have pheasant, and we have grouse, and if there's any woodcock left that i haven't eaten before then um you know that that's part of what we do and 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 i think it was a couple years ago your daughter said dad can we can we like be normal for once and maybe make a ham for easter (laughs) (laughs) but i have you know i have uh uh, like my sister and stuff that they don't hunt right the families but they look forward to easter because they like the grouse yeah it's like and that's why it's when people ask me too. It's like, well, what, what does a grouse taste like? Does it taste like a chicken? Does it taste like corn? Uh, it tastes like a grouse. I mean, you, it's not. It's not like a wild. You know, people go, oh, that's wild and gamey, and I, I really don't even know what that means. But it's like, no, it tastes like a grouse. It just tastes. It's different. It's delicious, but it's different, right? So, in a, in a grouse, you know, they don't have a lot of fat. So, you know, it's a different. It's a different style of meat. You have to be careful with it because it's easy to. I remember the first time I tried to cook grouse, I turned it into shoe leather. But you know, you just gotta be careful with it. And so, how do you prepare? How do you prepare the grouse for Easter? Um, I bake it. Um, okay. I like it in a. Um, yeah, it's in, oven roasted. Yeah. yeah. So um, we when we clean our. Uh, We've run across people that when they clean grouse, they just keep the breasts. Yeah. You know that because that's ninety five percent of the meat, right? And it's. Um, I like to, we like to clean them and keep the legs on and yeah. some part of the wind. Just it looks like a regular, you know, chicken. That, yeah, that people yeah, are bird. used to. And so. we yeah. and I use yeah, we use that to I uh, use that to, like I st- I stuff it with uh, onion sage okay. stuffing. I legs hold the stuffing in. Do you pluck um, them or you leave the skin on? Every? No, I think we take the you skin take off. Skin off, yeah. Skin that's, off. It's uh, it's 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 hard with plucking that skin. is really it's so we, thin. It's we tried so thin. we thin. Yeah. we tried like it's like on okay yeah. this is not working yeah. so. Um, and then bacon, right? So you wrap bacon on the breast mm-hmm. for the fat, and it keeps it moist. Mm-hmm. And then a little cream of chicken or mushroom or whatever you want to use, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, thirty minutes in the oven, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. so that's great. Well, I appreciate all that you guys are bringing to the table for new hunters and and sharing and 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 uh, paying it forward. And and it's been fun to to hang out with you guys a bit and get to know you. 
Yeah, it, yeah. it has been fun. I, has, I, would, yeah. I would have to say that for anybody that, that has never hunted a grouse before, or even if they have, um, if you have an opportunity to come out to grouse camp or even, you know, join Rough Grouse Society, I, it, it's not necessarily my plug for the for the society itself, but it's just an opportunity to meet up with like-minded people. And I, I think that's why we're all here is, yeah. you know, to enjoy what we do and then share that with other people. And there are even people that belong to the society because they believe in what it does, it, but they don't necessarily hunt, right? So it's like, it's not just for hunters, you know, per se. So, yeah. so that's, that's the, you know, if you believe in conservation, you believe in habitat renewal, which is important, and that, and, you know, that's sustainable logging. People have problems with that kind of part sometimes, but uh, um, so that's what that's all about. You need that, you know, the, the grouse need it, the woodcock need it, the other migratory birds, warblers, all these other things need it and deer need it so they can't they don't like to be in old growth forest because it's a sterile environment there's just nothing to eat there so i think that's part of what i find attractive about it at the end of the day is is the fact that we're we're actively doing something that is based on science you know it's not it's not you feel the need to do something whether it's accurate or not um, the, the, everything that, that we're involved in and the Rough Grouse Society supports, um, you know, with the biologists that they hire um, and, and, you know, actively support a lot of the forestry management practices. Um, everything is based on science. It's, it's not based on feeling. And that's, I think, something that's really important that a lot of people are, are missing. Yeah. So. No, agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to head back out in the woods here today, right? Yeah, yeah. we are. Get, Actually, get, we're, we're get a couple hours in yep. before we head back. And yeah, my little action. girl out sitting out in the kennel in the truck. She's uh, she uh, didn't get an opportunity to go out yesterday, so she's a little upset with me. Um, she, uh, I had to, when I had to, um, originally they were going to pair us up with somebody who did not have a dog, which is why I brought mine up, and uh, um, they had a dog. Okay, so. It's like, okay, well, we're going to work your dog. And when it was time to get out of the truck, she's she's like, let me go. Let me go. And it's like, no, 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 your turn is tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah, so we're going to get her out, let her stretch her legs, and uh, hopefully we'll see if we can't push a few birds and maybe get a couple. I tag along with these guys. So that's just, yeah, they got the, he's got the dog. So, (laughs) but you know, we hunted a lot of years. You don't have to hunt with a dog either. I mean, we hunted. 20 years without a dog. Absolutely. And that was, um, people are like, you don't use a dog? No, I don't use a dog. It's just, but, you know, it's sort of funny because we learned about the habitat and where the grouse were and how to attack them, you know, and usually the grouse are smarter than you are anyways, but, you know, you might figure out, you know, where, how to get in a certain area and, and without the dog. I mean, a, a dog can go where you can't, right? So, so we would figure out to go for the grouse without the dog. So we actually became, I think Mike's nickname for me was Bird Dog Dave. So I'd go in areas yeah. <laughs> that he wouldn't. <laughs> but I was rewarded. So, <laughs> uh, Well, have a safe hunt today. And yep. we'll uh, see you guys at the next event. Yeah, that sounds great. And we will be there. Take care, Mark. Thanks. So that was Dave and Mike. Uh, the brothers from just outside of, of Milwaukee. And I think it's a great example of people who have been hunting for a long time, uh, but see the importance of bringing new people in and want to want to give back by getting them out and experiences, as Dave said, you know, the smell of those fall woods and how there's nothing like it and making sure other people can experience that. Yeah, absolutely. What you just said, you know, I took some notes as I was listening to that and all of those things came up. I love the aspect that here they are out in the woods for 30, 35 years hunting together, brothers, family, and, you know, they're talking about giving back. Um, and, and I liked what Dave had to say as well about, hey, you know, um, I want to impart that knowledge. Um, and, and I think, you know, upon trying to get involved with giving back, there's a lot of things that I know and I want to share that knowledge with people. And I just love people like that, that, um, that recognize that they're mindful of it and they're willing to share all their experience and joy around upland hunting with new people. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious as to your thoughts on that one thing that that we discussed in terms of um, the hunting experience as to whether it's focused on just being out there and the enjoyment of of that experience versus the, the competition. I don't know if you have a perspective on that. You know, I shared my thoughts in there on that, but I think that's one of those things that where everybody has a different reason for getting out and they're going to have enjoyment in different ways. But, um, yeah, do you, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think so too. I think you hit on it in the sense that everybody's coming into it in their own framework and in their own experience. And so, you know, I tend to, I tend to just, be at this point in my life where I'm enjoying the experience and I don't really see it as a competition. Uh, but at the same time, like if, if that's a part of it, if, if friends are going out and, and they're enjoying it and they're hunting ethically and then they have some, you know, in their own dynamics, that's kind of how it, it manifests, you know, I, I'm going to kind of let them, uh, just kind of roll with that. Um, and, and I don't really, I don't think that, you know, that I have anything against that if that's how they're enjoying it and they're otherwise doing um, ethical hunting and contributing back to conservation. Uh, but I, I tend not to be on the competitive side. You know, I tend to just be at this point where I'm, I'm doing it because I love the resource. I love being outdoors, the smell of the woods. And most of the people that I hunt with, I think, are in that same uh, approach as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I think, yeah, just making sure that, you know, people you are hunting with, uh, sort of getting a read and talking about it. Hey, you guys want to have a little bit of a fun, friendly competition, or are we just out for, for a walk in the woods and really enjoying what we see? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was a fun conversation with, with the brothers. So the last one here, uh, is with Jake Lindemann and, and Jake and I had met early on in the weekend or somewhere along the way. And, and we, we almost didn't get a chance to talk. And, and literally, I think we were the last two people left in camp. Everybody else had gone out hunting and I said, Hey, let's, let's go, uh, let's go chat for a few minutes. And this guy's interesting. You know, he's, he's from Wisconsin. A lot, most of people here at, at this event were from Wisconsin, but he, is a, an entrepreneur who's relatively new to hunting. And what I think is interesting is how um, I've seen this with other people where, where he learns to hunt. His family didn't hunt before him, or at least his direct families, his parents. Uh, and he goes headlong into it, even to the point of where he creates this whole business around a product. And so uh, let's, let's listen in. Okay, Jake. Thanks for uh, for joining me here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, for everyone, can you introduce yourself? Tell me tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, uh, Jake Lindemann, president and founder of Chief Upland, um, based out of Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and we're up in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Uh, I just connected with Mark here at Grouse Camp, uh, so we're going to do a little recap of the camp. Yeah. So. Uh, Chief Upland, tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that. What is, what is it? Um, so Chief Upland, I started a little bit over two years ago, uh, but we actually just finally launched our product in July. So we, I, I had ideas for it um, for a while and tried to do prototyping myself with factories and quickly found out I'm actually not an apparel engineer. <laughs> so I had the ideas and I realized I need to find somebody that that can take my idea and engineer it and take me to production. So, and so what was that idea? The idea was a, uh, a front loading upland vest that's modular because researching, and I've worn a lot of vests myself too, but doing the research, it seems like a lot of the vests on the market were people either loved them or hated them, or they loved this feature, but hated this feature. Or I love this vest, but I wish I had a water bladder. So I took all of that feedback of all those all those different ones, and I found the points um, that were mentioned the most, the the most critical features, the most often missed features, and tried to put as much as that of that as I could into one vest. So um, I went with the military style Molly system um, and a, a more modern laser cut style of it. So it's um, compatible with Molly or Pals, and uh, 
we designed five attachments for it so you can pick and choose it you can have one or five or um, two of each or uh, you know whatever works for your style so what How, are what are those five attachments so the five attachments are there's two different ammo pouches um, one is waterproof with a waterproof zipper it's a little bit bulkier and more secure you can fit an entire box of shells in that pouch including the cardboard um, and then the other one, the other ammo pouch is a quick grab pouch. That one is, the material is waterproof, but it doesn't have a waterproof zipper. Um, and it has three magnets on it. So when you, you open it, you quickly grab your shell out and you don't have to worry about closing it because the weight of the magnets and that flap, it falls down on its own and the magnets are strong enough to hold it closed. So, um, it closes on its own and then when you're bending over in the woods or something, it's strong enough that it's not going to open and let shells fall out. Um, so those are the two ammo pouch options right now. Um, then we have a gun rest. It's a flip down gun rest, which also has a magnet in it. So um, you can, instead of resting the stock of your gun on your leg, you can rest it on that, um, that flip down rest. So if you just want to give your, your bicep a rest for a while or you're standing around the truck talking, you have something to rest it on other than your leg. Um, and then we have a water bottle pouch um, and an electronics pouch. So the electronics pouch is pretty cool. Um, we lined the inside of it with felt in case you want to use it for a cell phone. Um, so it's a non-abrasive material. And then the front of it has an elastic pouch and then a piece of elastic across the top so um, the purpose of that is for dog training remotes okay and the elastic band across the top holds the antenna of the taller remote secure so you have that remote out in the open uh, enough that you can push the buttons and see the buttons or see the screen if it has a screen um, but even the taller ones they stay secure with that with that elastic Okay. Okay. Cool. So, and then with the modular system, you can place them to the front, to the back, you know, wherever you want your quickest access or mm -hmm. a lot of people want the water on their, their back hips. Um, uh, but some people like a water bottle right in front if they're watering their dog more often or something. So, um, you choose what, what fits your style and the, the cover you're hunting and the game you're hunting. Um, and over time we'll come out with new attachments or you can, uh, pick up Molly attachments from other brands. If you if you need some kind of holster or you like somebody else's water bottle pouch better than mine, that's okay. You can you can put that on your vest. Okay, interesting. So you have been hunting pheasants for how long? About eight years. About eight years. Okay, yep. so you yep. started hunting pheasants eight years ago. Yep. Um, was that the first type of hunting you did, or um, I've been into pheasant deer and turkey okay so i was i'm born and raised in manitowoc and um, have a lot of friends that hunted but my family doesn't hunt so going back to my dad's dad he actually he passed away from cancer when my dad was 10 but we have tons of pictures of him hunting so and for him it was pheasant bear deer just you know a long time ago it, we have awesome pictures from that and so it's definitely in the blood but since he passed away when my dad was so young, my dad never got into hunting. Okay. Um, so I just got into it through friends. Uh, and it started with deer, turkey, and, and pheasant. So, But we grew up coming up north, too. So I've been a, aware of grouse hunting for a long time and super interested in it. Um, and But you'd never done it until this weekend? No, I had never done it. I don't have any personal friends that grouse hunted. And... I didn't really know where to start. Like, you know, I have two labs. They're they're high strung pheasant flushers, and it's like, how, where do I even start in the grouse woods with with two labs? Um, so I, when I heard about this grouse camp event, I just I had to be there. I I didn't even look at the price. I'm like I'm going. This <laughs> this is like the the gateway. Yeah, I can get out with somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, just, I got to do this. So you went out yesterday with, uh, who'd you go out with? I went out with Kurt Krieger. Okay. And he, Kurt has been hunting up here for a long time. Okay. Um, 
he's shot thousands of grouse and he just he blew me away with his knowledge and it, he had detailed answers for every question I had and it the stars kind of aligned for us too because flushing dogs aren't as popular with grouse hunting um but that's what I was most interested in just because I have two labs mm-hmm. and I just got randomly paired with Kurt and he is one of the few guides here that has a lab. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, ah, this couldn't be any, any more perfect for me to learn this. Um, and so he has an 11 year old black lab named Gracie and she, she's just, she was awesome. Knew she was, a, an expert grouse hunter, cool and collect focused. And she just knew what she was looking for. Oh, that's great. It was it was a great time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you got a grouse and a woodcock yesterday? Yes. So my I shot my first ever grouse and woodcock. Um I mean, it's I wasn't even expecting to shoot woodcock when I came up here. I was focused on grouse and like I got two firsts in in 3 hours of hunting just by showing up for this event. Um we've we flushed 5 grouse and 4 woodcock in just a couple hours on yeah. on one parcel of land so um yeah we did really well and and it was a lot of fun yeah what do you uh do you have any plans for those birds are you gonna do you, do you like cooking wild game yes absolutely um i'm not a i'm not a good cook myself i prefer the grill uh but my wife is a great cook and she she actually hunts upland with me as well so we're we're excited to come up with some uh recipes for the grouse and woodcock and uh, I got a really good recipe from my guide Kurt as well. Okay. So, his, D- did your wife go out with you yesterday? She did not. She nope. did not. Okay. Nope. Okay. She she came up with me, um, but stayed back with the dogs. I didn't want to bring the two labs on my first hunt. I'm like, I can't try and tell them what to do if I don't know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> first I want to learn what I'm doing, and then I can then I can teach it to them. So it's interesting that you know given. You live in Wisconsin, but you've been doing pheasant hunting for for a number of years now. Yeah, but never got into grouse and woodcock. No, and you've created a company and a product that is perfectly suited for this too, right? Yes, yes. I considered um, in developing this product. I considered all types of upland hunting. Okay. Um, there's actually a lot of interest for it, um, even with rabbit, um, uh, and and some waterfowl even. So. Um, it really like the ergonomics of it and everything can work for any type of hunting. It's a, it's a tool. The vest is a, is a tool, a, a, a way to carry things and carry weight ergonomically on your hips and not fatigue your shoulders and your arms, um, and get proper airflow and all that. So it doesn't really matter what, what you're hunting. You as a human need to have certain ergonomics when you're carrying weight and, and tools. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Well, I, I'm going to have to check it out. And if people are interested in learning more about the vest, where would they where would they go? Uh, Facebook and Instagram. Otherwise, my website is chiefupland.com. Okay. And we we're in our second round of production right now. So our first round of production we we sold out in six weeks through pre-sales. Okay. So it, it all sold before I even before we even had our inventory, which was I was blown away, and I'm super humbled by it. Um, but we, we got our second production going now. So pre-orders are open again. Um, the vest is a little bit discounted and then we're also throwing in a free ammo pouch with it. So, uh, you can pre-order it now and then those will be in towards the end of November. Okay. So chiefupland.com. Correct. Well, congratulations on getting the birds yesterday. Thank you. And Thank I you. presume you're gonna you're gonna keep uh, hunting uh, grouse and woodcock. Are you gonna try to get out more this fall? Do you think? Or yeah, not? yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, my my family has a cabin in Leona, uh, and there's some good grouse management areas near there. So I'll be checking those out. Um, I'll be wishing I had my guide Kurt along, probably, but <laughs> I know enough to stumble through the woods now, at least. <laughs> absolutely. Well, congrats, and uh, great to meet you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Okay, so that was Jake from Chief Upland. Have you seen his vests before? I, I had never seen them. I have not seen Jake's vest before, Mark, but I absolutely loved listening to this conversation. You know, I, I loved his 
kind of innovative and entrepreneurial approach to it, a customizing vest that can work for uh, a number of different uh, scenarios for people. Uh, everybody can relate to that. We're always, you know, for people that have vests and clothes and coats and everything, you know, you're always trying to, there's always one thing that you wish it included. So I just loved his approach about, you know, having this like modular customizable uh, vest that can accommodate a lot of different things like water bottles and electronics and stuff like that. I thought it was really thoughtful. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, it's a reflection of where uh, the hunting industry is at right now. And and for people who are new to hunting, I, I often um, talk about not, not buying too much too early so that we keep the, the expense down once you, when you, when you get out hunting for the first time, but once you're into it, the technologies, the designs, the products that are out there have never made a a hunt more comfortable than they are now. And when you talk about the ergonomic design of a vest like this and getting the weight down on your hips and having things easily accessible, I mean, it, it sounds like small things, but after a long day out in the field, it can, it can make a big difference and, and make it, I think that much more enjoyable. Yep, absolutely. I think so too. And I think that you hit on a good point that like when you're getting started, you, you can start out with some very basic um, uh, you know, clothing and boots and everything. And as you get into it, you'll, you'll learn like your style and, and the type of hunting that you do, you'll learn what works and what doesn't. And so, you know, there's just all sorts of options as you get into hunting, as you have more flexibility with, um, spending, buying some equipment, there's, this is like a, a great time. And there's a lot of stuff out there on the market that can work and, and, uh, cheap upland and Jake's definitely got a good thing going here, I think with his vests. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm uh, I'm actually going to be packing up here this afternoon and heading north to maybe try to get a quick grouse hunt in and then get ready for the Minnesota deer opener. And uh, we'll be up in the Northwoods for a few days. I think you are, uh, you're heading out here soon too, aren't you? I am, yes. So next week I am heading uh, for a, a deer hunt, a solo deer hunt in Western Maine, in the mountains of Western Maine. It's about six hours from my home. And this is the first time I've been over there hunting. I've, I've fished over there. It's beautiful. It's classic Northern forest. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about just getting over there and seeing the landscape and, and being in Maine for a couple of days. And I can't wait to hear how things go with deer camp for you, uh, with the deer opener in Minnesota. That's going to be fun to hear. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, we got pretty warm weather here, like we talked about. So it's probably slowing things down. The The bucks were heavily heading into their rut uh, about a week and a half ago. Everybody was sending around pictures and videos of some giant whitetails here in the neighborhood. Uh, but I think this, this warmer weather maybe has slowed things down. We'll, we'll find out. Well, uh, good luck with the hunt and keep me posted. And, uh, yeah, these next few weeks over here, uh, the deer hunting season really ramps up the ruts just about to, to start over here. We're a little bit later, I think this year, but it's, it's a great time of year, uh, to be in the woods. So for everybody that can get out, go out and have fun, be safe and, and keep us posted. Absolutely. So uh, be safe out there and we'll talk to everyone soon. Thanks for listening to the Modern Carnivore Podcast. You can continue the journey by going to modcarn.com. 